the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Here you go. Business 1440. Your daily source for in-depth business and investing news. We are Business 1440. KYCR, Golden Valley. A service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. The Trump administration has imposed new sanctions on six high-ranking members of the Venezuelan Security Forces, U.S. Special Representative for Venezuela, Elliot Abrams. Maduro supporters that uh, abuse or violate human rights, steal from the Venezuelan people, or undermine Venezuela's democracy are not welcome in the United States. The sanctions in response to the blocking of humanitarian aid convoys last week. Vice President Mike Pence says the U.S. economy is as strong as ever, thanks to President Trump and his policies. Under the president's strong leadership, we forged new trade deals that finally put American jobs and American workers first, and with the support of this generation of conservatives. President Trump signed the largest tax cut and tax reform in American history. And the vice president speaking this week at the CPAC conference just outside of Washington. This is SRN News. Question, do you have a health insurance plan you are not happy with? Well, Bethany and Jason thought they were stuck. Their plan just kept getting more expensive, and Bethany's favorite doctor didn't even take that plan anymore. And then some friends at church told them about MediShare. With our previous insurance, we were paying $1,200 a month. With MediShare, we now pay around $600 a month. Yes, they're paying $600 less per month, and that's a pretty typical savings with MediShare. And they actually like MediShare more. I was able to go back to my original doctor that I absolutely loved, and it's just been an absolutely beautiful thing being a part of MediShare. Yeah, so they pay a lot less, and they like it more. No wonder MediShare is growing so fast. Find out more. They're super easy to talk to. All you have to do is call 844-41-BIBLE. That's 844-41-B-I-B-L-E, 844-41-BIBLE. If you have hair loss, then I have great news for you. This is Mike Greenlee, familiar voice with Minnesota hockey fans. I urge you to log on to INeedMoreHair.com. I'd like to introduce you to the only permanent solution to hair loss, INeedMoreHair.com. You will find some of the most experienced hair transplant specialists in Minnesota. Their doctors have given patients from around the world, including some of the most prominent celebrities, a full head of hair. They can do the same for you. If you have hair loss and want more hair, go to INeedMoreHair.com. Here's the best part. Their technique is so advanced, their results are guaranteed in writing, and their prices are the best in the business. Prices as low as $3 per graft. Their office is conveniently located in Egan. INeedMoreHair.com will allow you to see a more confident reflection of yourself. That's INeedMoreHair.com. The consultations are free, and the results are amazing. Check out INeedMoreHair.com for complete details. INeedMoreHair.com Experience you can trust. Prices you can afford. Welcome back to the King Banyan Radio Show on Business 1440. I'm John Spry. I am guest hosting. I'm an associate professor of finance and business economics at the University of St. Thomas. And I was just floored by our last guest, uh, Daniel DiMartino, uh, who is a Venezuelan living in the United States. And... um, I had not realized that Venezuela, much like the U.S., was a beacon of immigration. It was a place that two generations ago, people would look at Franco, and uh, he's the dictator of, of Spain, and Italy, which was devastated by World War II. And in the 1950s, people were saying, let's go to Venezuela and start a new life. Or people from Colombia were saying, you know what? The grass might be greener on the other side of the border and would emigrate to Venezuela. 
And so thinking about uh, the Chavez and then the Maduro socialism, um, oftentimes socialism comes with a loss of democracy, a loss of the consent of the governed. When the socialist leader doesn't like the results of the election, they switch to uh, sham elections. That's certainly uh, what Maduro has done. And instead of saying what's bad about socialism, let's think about what's good about private property rights. Because as uh, Daniel Martino, I think, correctly pointed out, um, socialism is one side of the coin. What is the other side of the coin? And to have free enterprise, I think um, we sometimes take this for granted, having private property rights, which means if you plant an apple tree, you get to pick the apples, and there are courts and rules of law so that even if someone is related to the ruler or the judge, they can't go and pick the apples from your apple tree. And that's uh, very simple agriculture. Well, at one time, and this just amazes me, um, it's not just Venezuela has uh, some of the world's best petroleum reserves. They have more petroleum than North Dakota or Texas. They have so much petroleum. But they had a fairly advanced economy. The U.S. produces Chevy Silverados. We're pretty familiar with those. Uh, Italy produces Fiat's. Um, Venezuela was producing Fiat cars and the Chevy Silverado. And it was the same Chevy Silverado uh, you may be behind right now if you're driving and listening to uh, Business Radio uh, 1440. Um, They don't do that anymore because when you lose private property rights, you have a government that just takes things. And they did that. uh, uh, One of the stories I remember about five years ago, they sent in the military and they took over the only toilet paper factory in the country because uh, there were toilet paper shortages and they thought that somehow uh, Maduro's thugs could do a better job at running a toilet paper factory than the managers and the owners of the toilet paper factory. And this led to, and this was like five years ago, one of the early sets of how bad things were getting in Venezuela. Um, And that was, uh, uh, they had uh, what you would call currency controls. So this is another thing that Americans have with private property rights that we largely take for granted, that we can take our U.S. dollars And we can convert those into Mexican pesos, euros, British pounds, Japanese yen, Australian or New Zealand dollars, and we can go shopping. And we can buy imports, and we can get uh, a new Nintendo Switch from Japan, and maybe the retailer paid them in Japanese yen, but we're getting it. It's, It's wonderful. We get to trade. Well, in Venezuela, with their currency controls, you weren't allowed to exchange your Venezuelan Boulevard freely for foreign currency. You would have to go through the government to do this. This sounds incredibly weird to Americans. That's how things worked. It also was a source of corruption uh, for the few in power, because then they could let you convert your boulevards into for example, U.S. dollars or British pounds. And there was a famous example from the world of sports of Pastor Malonato, who was not the best race car driver in the world, but he had the favoritism of being a supporter of Chavez and Maduro. So they used the uh, state-run PDVSA oil company to convert Venezuelan boulevards into U.S. dollars so that they could buy a ride for Pastor Malinado for tens of millions of dollars a year, could drive in Formula One. And if you follow Formula One, that probably meant that Pastor Malinado had the right to wreck cars in Formula One because he was uh, noted, noted for so many crashes. 
but you also had other forms of corruption. So one of the things I learned from The Economist magazine in Venezuela is you sometimes hear, oh, socialism is good for um, inequality. Well, in Venezuela, the richest woman in their country is Maria Chavez. And did she uh, start uh, a large uh, retail company? Is she a, a, a software inventor? Um, did she uh, come up with, like, the best electric car? No, no, no. She was just the daughter of the strongman Hugo Chavez. And it's estimated, according to this article from the uh, United Kingdom's Daily Mail, that she has assets in American and Andorran banks of $4.2 billion. So this reminds me of the classic um, George Orwell uh, story of Animal Farm, where all the animals are equal, but some are more equal uh, than others. And so when you have private property rights, when you have uh, the rule of law, all of a sudden, people wanted to go to Venezuela, which is just the opposite. So the official statistics, um, if you're just joining us uh, from Venezuela, is about 10% of the population of Venezuela has fled because they don't want to live under uh, the Maduro strongman without private property rights, without the rule of law, without the elected court. Um, but instead with Maduro's cronies making decisions. And then this results in their economy shrinking in half, while Texas and Canada and North Dakota are producing more oil. Oil production in Venezuela, according to Daniel DiMartino, our guest, was down from over 3 million barrels uh, uh, to 1 million Um one-third the oil production, um, that's just kind of heartbreaking. And so hopefully something uh, is going to break in uh, Venezuela. One of the things we didn't get to discuss is most of the world recognizes um, the National Assembly, which was elected by uh, the people in 2015, as the actual elected uh a governing body of Venezuela. And that's not just the U.S., that's Canada, Mexico, Colombia, uh, Brazil. And so it's really, it's really nice to have private property rights. It just starts changing uh, your, in, your incentives around. So as we leave uh, Venezuela and what uh, goes uh, poorly, let's start thinking about what can we do to get economic growth here in Minnesota, in the U.S. What can we do to try to get economic growth in the future to be better than 2.9%? Although, quite frankly, I'd be happy with 2.9% uh, growth. And so our recipe is pretty simple. Um, you get economic growth by making more stuff, by me being more productive. And so I have a saying I love which is we all do better when we all do what we do better. Meaning that if what we do is teach, if we become more productive at teaching, if we do a better job of teaching, we have higher quality instruction, students retain information longer, that's more uh, productivity. If we look at the car industry, and this is good news for the U.S., we are no longer making the Chevy Nova, the Ford Pinto, let alone Etzels. We are not making the horrible Dodge Omnis of the early 1980s. If we get uh, better productivity so that we produce uh, not just more cars, but better cars that are safer, that reduce distracted driving by having Bluetooth in them, that have advances in engine technology so that they use uh, less fuel to drive a mile, that's growth in productivity. So, of course, my, my saying, we all do better when we all do what we do better, is sort of a modification 
of Paul Wellstone's tautology, we all do better when we all do better, which really says nothing. Because, of course, the Vikings win the Super Bowl when the Vikings win the Super Bowl. That's not going to get the Vikings to a Super Bowl. The way to win a Super Bowl is to play better, to score more points than the other guy. So as we're getting ready to come back uh, from the break, um, we're going to think about what can we do, maybe what public policies could any uh, place have, but particularly Minnesota, to try to increase our productivity to lead to more uh, economic output to get the GDP numbers next year to be better than 2018. You're listening to the King Banyan Radio Show on AM 1440 Business Radio. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. It takes a lot of courage to face your own death, but I'm glad I finally did. See, I was putting off getting life insurance to protect my family, even though I knew it was important. Then my neighbor's husband died. I watched her struggle emotionally and financially. It really made me face reality. If my husband died, how would I pay the mortgage, the car payments, or keep up the life the kids and I had? I realized I needed to get us life insurance right away. So I called AIG Direct. In less than five minutes, I had a quote. I was shocked at how affordable it is. Just $14 a month for $250,000 of term life coverage. I feel so much better knowing my family has protection. Call AIG Direct right now for a free no-obligation quote. The call takes less than five minutes, and you can save up to 70%. Call now, 1-800-458-3263. That's 1-800-458-3263. 1-800-458-3263. Hey, it's Lee Michaels here with one of the newest members to the Patriot family. I am proud to be associated with Mike Murphy with EXP Realty. Now, it's a name that's familiar to some of you, but it's not our Mike Murphy. It's our new Mike Murphy. Mike, it is great. Great to have you here. Thanks, Lee. We are excited to work with The Patriot and your listeners. Now, tell me, what makes eXp Realty different? eXp is a cloud-based brokerage. We like to call it the future of real estate. A lot of people get frustrated with the gimmicks and overpromises of many real estate agents. We pride ourselves on being different. No gimmicks, just great service. When you call our number, you will speak to me or my wife, Sharon, not an inexperienced team member. So if they want to speak to you or your wife, Sharon, how do they get a hold of you? Give us a call at 651-216-7870 or go to MikeMurphyTeam.com. It's that simple. If you're thinking about selling your home, check out Mike Murphy Team with eXp Realty, 651-216-7870 or online at MikeMurphyTeam.com. The deals are smoking hot at Premier Pool and Spa right now. Every Arctic spa, everything in the showroom, everything that's already made up in Canada, A, is on sale. Yeah, but have you seen my backyard? I can't even put it back there right now, eh? Minor details. They can use a crane, or you can wait till spring. What's important is to get it now and take advantage of these clearance prices. You mean I can put a hot tub in right now and then move it again in the spring? You can if it's an Arctic spa. The base on these things is like no other spa. As long as it's level, it will run perfectly. Once the snow melts, you drain it, move it where you want it, fill her up, and let her buck. Yeah, and they're built for the cold, and they're easy on your wallet too, eh? All you have to do is go to the showroom and see the Arctic difference. Hey, don't lock yourself up in the house this winter. Winter's fun to be had, eh? You can swim all winter long, even in Minnesota, with an Arctic all-winter pool, too. Yeah, save on the spas today. Visit Premier Pools in Chanhassen. That's Premier Pool and Spa, where we take fun seriously, eh? PremierPools.com. Welcome back to the King Banyan Radio Show. I'm your guest host, John Spry, and we're thinking about how to get more economic growth uh, through productivity. And so um, when you think about economic growth, economists often uh, look at getting more economic growth by increasing not just the quantity, but the quality of the workforce. So um, right now for Minnesota, our unemployment rate is about as low as it's going to go. We have a high labor force participation. So how could we get more labor uh, producing things? Because if you add labor to the production function, you're going to get more output. 
And here, I think, uh, for getting more labor, it's trying to have education reform and develop more human capital and become more efficient, not just in higher education, where King Banyan and I work, but in K-12 education. What can we do to uh, provide the benefits of competition, which seem to be working really well in, for example, the television industry, where the televisions get better and better, and even a good television from like a decade ago would be considered not good enough to compete in the marketplace today. Um, why can't we have some of that discipline of competition to improve education? Um, another way uh, to get growth is to have a larger capital stock, and that's where the GDP report is full of uh, good numbers, where um, I think uh, for 2018 it was 7, a 7% growth, in non-residential uh, investment. So as you invest more, some of that will depreciate, but you'll end up with a bigger capital stock the larger your uh, your investment rate is. Um, and then when you think about investing, do you invest in things that are favored by the government? Is the government picking winners and losers? Or do you invest in uh, things that just make the most common sense business sense by somebody that has stake in, uh, a stake in the game in a profit and loss system. So one of the lessons I learned uh, from Milton Friedman, who taught economics at the University of Chicago and before that at the University of Minnesota, is that a free enterprise system is a profit and loss center. So um if you have people making investment decisions and they turn out to be great, like investing in Netflix uh, two uh, uh, years ago, then you invest in Netflix, you get a high rate of return. You enjoy those profits. On the other hand, if you had decided to bet the farm on Hollywood video or blockbusters, you are familiar with that free enterprise system is a system that has losses. That's important. If you think about what is an investment, it's not just, oh, I spent so much money, because would we have been a better society if Blockbuster had spent uh, a couple billion dollars in 2005 renovating its stores? We would have made, there would have been money flowing into an investment, but there would have been no rate of return because blockbusters are obsolete. People like Hulu and Netflix can get you the entertainment faster without rewinding, without late fees. It's wonderful. But you have to have that profit and loss. So one of the things I wanted to talk about is what does our tax code do? Um, and how does our tax code affect productivity? And I want to emphasize it's not just the level of taxation. It's the details of how the tax code works and what are the um, tax basis. There's an old joke among economists that uh, people that don't understand tax policy spend a lot of time talking about tax rates, but they never talk about tax bases. And um, if you want to get good tax policy, you think about both tax bases and tax rates. And so one of the things I was proud to do eight years ago was work with the Department of Revenue and um, five co-authors and come up with a report that sits uh, on a dusty shelf uh, at the state legislature in the legislative reference library called the Tax Expenditure Review Report. So if you're having insomnia problems, you could read the entire tax expenditure review report. I want to talk to you about some of the exciting parts of it, which is what are principles of good taxation to try to get uh, economic growth. And those are things like efficiency, uh, equal treatment of equals, and uh, uh, simplicity. And so if you think about a tax code, every hour you spend this time of year doing your taxes, or I was just talking to a friend and I was just shocked, uh, and to do her taxes, she was spending $1,000. 
So the $1,000 buys her the time of a tax accountant who's a CPA, who knows what he's doing, who's really smart, who could have been doing something else. And we have $1,000 worth of economic uh, activity that's doing as much for our economy as remodeling blockbuster stores, which is completely worthless. Every hour uh, that we spend that's unnecessary uh, filling out more complicated tax forms, longer tax forms, uh, having to have the courts make rulings on, well, what does this tax code mean because it's so poorly written? All of that is a complete and total waste. So if you make, if you generally make the tax code simpler, you're going to increase our productivity because we're going to be spending more of our time doing the things uh, producing uh, Chevy Silverados or producing better quality education that somebody actually wants. Nobody gets any enjoyment out of doing their taxes. The only reason the accountant does it is he gets a thousand dollars. Uh, so when you think about our tax code, what can we do to make things simpler? And so here, the the policy advice is pretty straightforward. Don't load up the tax code with more credits or deductions or exclusions or preferential uh, calculations. Try to shorten the size of the tax code. And that means, and this uh, gets a little politically controversial, but that's okay, um, that means we should be working to try to get rid of spatial preferences for some activities, but not other activities in the tax code, and then use that to sort of simplify uh, the tax code. And so when you look at budgets, we've already seen a governor's budget in Minnesota. You're going to see uh, the House and Senate produce two different uh, ideas from the legislature of what the state budget should be. Go through all of those preferential calculations for some people and not other people, or credits that some people get and other people don't get, and say, is this really necessary? Is this this worth the complication? And is this worth distorting people's decisions to get them to behave one way and not another way because of the tax code? And when you get that, one of the things I wanted to share is in the legislature, they've heard some of these ideas. So in the state Senate, the Democratic uh, lead on the tax committee is uh, Ann Rest, and she says, as we get the Ann Rest audio ready, broaden the base and lower the rate. And that is really good tax advice. What is it one more time? Broaden the base and lower the rate. Uh, Yeah, so if you think about our tax code, what can we do to have equal treatment of equals. Broaden the base and lower the rate. And by broadening the tax base, not only do you promote simplicity and equal treatment of equals, but also you then have uh, less money going to uh, preferences, preferential calculations or credits or exemptions, deductions in the tax code. And that means you have the resources to bring the rates down. And I think that's what we uh, should be thinking about um, is not creating more carve-outs. One of the carve-outs that was created to help people like me as a college professor was our legislature now has created um, a preference for people that are paying back student loans. So if you take out a student loan and your student loan payments are high compared to your income, Minnesota will now give you uh, preferential treatment. Um, You think, oh, well, at first that sounds like, oh, that's trying to help kids uh, and recent college graduates. Uh, But what it really does is it makes it a little easier for the administrators at any institution of higher education to say, oh, we can push tuition a little bit higher make the student loans a little bit larger because the state tax preference will pick up part of that cost. 
I think that's a horrible way to try to uh, promote education, to say we want to have a tax code that explicitly rewards education only when you get an education that doesn't make it easy for you to pay off your student loans because your student loans are big, but the income you get with your education is low. I would say that kind of uh, education is not quite as bad as investing in Blockbuster, but it's not a good use of resources. So when we come back from the break, we're going to think about what Ann Rest is telling us in the Minnesota Senate should be good tax policy. Broaden the base and lower the rate. And we'll try to make the Minnesota economy more productive by having a better tax code. When did planning get so complicated? When did the simple rules get pushed aside? Tune in to this week's Money Matters with Al and Mike. They'll talk about how the old rules of thumb just don't cut it anymore with your retirement planning. Like the 4% withdrawal rule, which has been a long-standing guide for income planning and retirement. So make sure you listen to Money Matters with Al and Mike, 2 p.m. Sunday on Business 1440. Or you can call them right now with your questions at 855-231-6010. Let's face it, life can get busy. Between work, trips to the cabin on the weekends, keeping your eye on the markets, with everything going on, convenience usually comes at a premium. But Business 1440 is here to make things a bit easier. With the iHeartRadio app, you can stream your favorite shows anytime, anywhere, and it's free. Download iHeartRadio from the App Store or listen online at iHeartRadio.com and stay connected with your best financial partner wherever you go. Business 1440. This is Albert Moeller for townhall.com. With all eyes on the Vatican, the meeting on Catholic clergy sex abuse ended with no concrete policy developments. As the New York Times reports, for all the vivid language and the vow to combat the evil that strikes at the very heart of our mission, the Pope's speech was short on the sort of detailed battle plan demanded by many Catholics around the world. So the really surprising development in all this was the lack of any development in concrete policies. Nicholas Cafardi, a prominent canon lawyer in the United States, said, and I quote, The Pope is the sole legislator, so he could make this change whenever he wants. Zero tolerance should be universal law, and the Holy Father can do it himself, end quote. But attendees did not even hear the term zero tolerance from Pope Francis. The Pope fails to understand the gravity of the charges that have been made for decades against the Roman Catholic Church. I'm Albert Moeller. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu I loved playing high school sports. I loved the competition, the camaraderie, the bands, the crowds, all the pageantry. And I wanted to keep playing. But I graduated. No colleges called, and neither did the pros. So, to stay close to the game I loved, I decided to become a high school official. You know, a referee. When I played high school sports, I learned the importance of integrity, good sportsmanship, and respect for the rules. Now, as a high school official, I get to help model these same values to others. Maybe the colleges and the pros didn't call, but the kids in Minnesota did. And now, I'm enjoying the competition, the camaraderie, the bands, the crowds, and all the pageantry of high school sports all over again. Interested in becoming a licensed high school official? Go to highschoolofficials.com to learn more and begin the application process. Python boots know this exquisite little inconvenience by the name of... You know... My Python boot is too tight. Welcome back to the King Banyan Radio Show. I'm John Spry, guest hosting for King Today, and we're thinking about how to get economic growth, and one of the ways to do that is to think about reforming our tax code. And so um, I'd like to play whack-a-mole. If you've ever been to uh, maybe the county fair or the state fair, uh, in the amusement, you have whack-a-mole, and you see the mole 
uh, sticks his head up and you t- try to take the mallet and knock it down. And that's kind of an interesting way to think about uh, tax reform is you look at uh, what has very high tax rates, but also um, cr- collecting a dollar of tax revenue doesn't cost the same amount uh, from all taxes. So if you're, sh- if you're shopping and you're trying to buy milk, you probably know that you're paying more for milk at a convenience store than at a warehouse club. And when you're looking at your tax code, you might think uh, that if you're a lawmaker or a governor or just a citizen, you'd like to collect tax revenue where it costs you the least amount to collect another dollar of revenue and reduce taxes for the things where it's the most efficient, where the cost of administering and complying with the tax and also all of the distortions caused by the tax are too high. So what's a tax distortion? It's when you do something because of the tax law. And so if you look at the sales tax, I can give you a very simple tax distortion, and I don't think it's sweet, but you you may disagree, and that is in the taxation of candy. So if you buy candy and you go to your store in Minnesota and you get a Twix, that has flour in it. So in Minnesota, that is classified as a food. So you get to buy Twix without the sales tax on it. However, if you buy just a chocolate bar that doesn't have any flour in it, that's classified as candy and subject to the sales tax. So now what the tax code says is kind of a little bit at the margin, it's going to be a little bit cheaper to buy Twix as your candy than a candy that doesn't have flour. And that's how a lot of distortions work. You have something that's taxed and something that's not taxed, and you tend to get a little bit more of the thing that's not taxed. Um, so a classic example would be uh, going to work. If you go to work, you're going to have payroll tax. You're going to have your FICA tax. You're going to have your Minnesota state income tax, your federal income tax. So if you spend a little bit more time working, let's think about maybe taking a second job. And do you want to work like eight more hours a week? If you make that choice to spend those extra eight hours a week working at a second job and work 48 hours a week instead of 40 hour, forty hours you work, you use those eight hours, you earn money, and then you get your paycheck and you're like, oh, 25, 30, 35% of what you earned went to taxes, which means your reward for working that extra amount isn't what you're getting paid. It's the net after tax that you get paid. So that creates a little bit of an incentive at the margin to reduce your labor supply, to reduce how many hours you work, because if you spend those eight hours at home and you're just watching Netflix, or you spend those eight hours at home in home production and you are doing things for your family, zero tax. So that's a tax distortion. And as you look through the tax code, a, a really careful manager, like a governor or a legislator, would want to know what are the things that cost the most to generate revenue. And here I like to point out that for um, the U.S. and Minnesota tax code, one of our most inefficient taxes is the corporate income tax. And a lot of people like the corporate income tax because they have this idea with the corporate income tax that this is a way of making somebody else pay the tax. So the legislature, I am not making this up, they have a slogan for tax policy. Don't tax you, don't tax me, tax that guy behind the tree. That's a terrible way to do tax policy. But there are people that go around and say, oh, 
we can tax businesses with the corporate income tax, and they have this idea that somehow the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man or the Pillsbury Doughboy will pay this tax. When all taxes are paid by people, their uh, corporate income tax is paid by people in terms of workers getting lower wages, by consumers paying higher prices for goods, and by investors getting a lower rate of return. But Minnesota, of course, is a tiny part, just about 2% of the U.S. economy. So when we set our corporate tax rate, what we're really setting is not so much the rate of return on capital, because that's determined in national and in indeed international markets. When we set our corporate tax rate, we're determining how much capital we want to have here in Minnesota for Minnesota workers to use versus how much capital do we want to be in the rest of the world. Because capital is going to flow where it's treated the best, and it's not looking for an abusive relationship. It's looking to be treated well. So if you tax capital heavily, you're going to get less capital in your state. And so one of the policies our lawmakers will be looking at this week in the legislature is reducing the corporate income tax in Minnesota. We have the fourth highest corporate income tax of any state at 9.8%, and they're going to hear a bill to reduce it to 8.8%. So we would be just one percentage point lower, and you might think, oh, what would the, what effect would that have? Well, if you have a lower corporate income tax, um, you have a little bit less of a disincentive to do something uh, like start a new corporation. And so when you look at the data, a lot of people avoid starting their business as a corporation because of the double taxation of being taxed on both the corporate entity and dividends. So what people do is they start their co- corporate their business not as a corporation but as a pass-through business like a uh, uh, S, a subchapter S corporation or an LLC or a partnership. But there's a problem there, and that is when you are a pass-through company, there's a limit on your ability to tap into national and international capital markets. You can't be a publicly traded firm. There's a limit on the number of owners you have. So as a business in Minnesota that's maybe doing something really wonderful like fixing furnaces, As they grow and they think, oh, this is great, we want to expand, we want more capital, more capital than just the founder has lying around, we need to go public and to issue stock, you have to become a C-corporation, and then Minnesota taxes you at the fourth highest rate in the country. So what would happen, I want to think through the steps of cutting our corporate income tax. And so um, two economists at the San Francisco Federal Reserve, Wilson and Cherenko, have an article on state business taxes and investment. And it's very standard economics. It's looking at the long run. So this isn't something that's going to boost the Minnesota economy in the first half of 2019. This is as you have time. If Uh, we cut our state corporate income tax by one percentage point, their estimate is the cost of capital, the cost of putting uh, equipment and capital in Minnesota would drop by less than one percent, seven-tenths of of a percent. The cost of putting uh, uh, capital like a new structure in other states wouldn't be changed by what Minnesota does. So we make the cost, the price of investing in Minnesota a little bit lower. And of course, when something has its cost go down, people tend to do it a little bit more. And so they estimate in the long run that if we cut our corporate income tax uh, by one percentage point, we would get a larger capital stock of bulldozers and uh, new buildings, et cetera, that's about 1.1% larger. Now, here's the good news. 
if you increase your capital stock and you get rid of some of those distortions about what legal form to set up as your uh, corporation and you uh, are able to get capital from lots of shareholders like a C corporation uh, can, then with a larger capital stock, uh, their estimate is we might get something around half a percentage point larger output. And you might think, oh, wow, half a percentage point. That's so tiny. Who cares about that? But Minnesota is over a $330 billion economy. So one percentage point would be $3.3 billion. That's a big number. About half a percentage point, that's like $1.6, $1.7 billion. That's larger than what the projected surplus was in November. That's some serious money. And that's the total size of the economy. It's making the pie bigger. So um, if you're looking for things to do at the legislature to get more economic growth, then I'm going to suggest to you that you should cut the corporate income tax, and you can pay for it not just out of the existing um, uh, surplus, that's still just over $1 billion for Minnesota, but you can also pay for it by getting rid of some exclusions, deductions, and preferential calculations in the Minnesota tax code. And I'd start with the uh, tax preference for having really big student loans when your college didn't provide you with an education to let you have much of a income. So you've been uh, listening to the King Banyan Radio Show. We are having fun, and when we come back, we are going to have another idea to make the Minnesota economy larger by increasing productivity. We don't need no Business 1440 is KYCR Golden Valley. Hi, this is Terry Sandvold, CEO of Sandvold Financial Group and host of Money Talks. Sandvold Financial Group would like to help provide the sturdy foundation for your financial future. We want you to plan for tomorrow today. Give us a call to attend an upcoming seminar at 952 952- 544-2837. That's 952-544-2837. Or go to helpmeterry.com to set up a no-cost financial review today. Registered representative of and independent of Questar Capital Corporation. Member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Questar Asset Management. Relief Factor is made from high-quality fish oil and essential nutrients. Gives your body the help it needs to aid fighting recurring aches and pains. When life's aches and pains get you down, you need relief Physicians made Relief Factor as an essential way to support the body's fight against aches and pains. It's a remarkable product. It has worked. I only endorse it because it helped my wife with her knee pain. I didn't even know she was taking it. Then when it was mentioned, she said, oh yeah, this stuff is is like magic. Look, there are people who've told me they've postponed or delayed or simply negated surgery because of Relief Factor. That's how powerful it is. Go to www.relieffactor.com, that's relieffactor.com, or call 800-500-8384, that's 800-500-8384. This remarkable product is called Relief Factor, relieffactor.com. Hi, this is Lee with the Kingdom Builders Roofing. It is so exciting to think that the Lord loves us in such a way that he sent his son to provide the way for us to be directed perfectly, gently, and effectively. C.S. Lewis bluntly stated this fact, Aim at heaven, and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth, and you will get neither. None of us can serve two masters. We try, but we cannot do it. As the hymn says, Keep your eyes upon Jesus, and the things of the earth will grow strangely dim. I pray that we can be used by each other to exhort and edify the church and grow the real kingdom. This is Matthew with the Kingdom Builders. We strive to have our standard be God's standard. One of the ways we do that is we regularly look to God's Word to examine our hearts and our motives because we try to glorify the Lord Jesus in everything we do. We strive to take these standards on your roof, on your gutter job, whatever it might be. Give us a call at 612-900-9166. 
or look us up at thekingdombuilders.net. If you could build the world's greatest radio station, where would you start? We'd begin by creating a live station that's able to provide breaking news updates. Then we'd install some of today's top political voices behind the mic. Finally, we'd craft a convenient way to listen with a specialized mobile app. No, it's not a work in progress. It's on the air now. AM 1280, The Patriot. Intelligent radio. Online at am1280thepatriot.com. Welcome back to the King Banyan Radio Show. I'm John Spry sitting in for King Banyan as he is off to go and study Brexit with his students from St. Cloud State. And I teach economics and finance at St. Thomas. And we are trying to come up with ways to have more economic growth to get better GDP reports in the future and better growth for um, uh, Minnesota. And so I wanted to think about transportation because you're hearing a lot about different uh, ways to fund transportation and um, think about the benefits and costs of transportation funding. And one of the things I found that was really amazing is uh, there's a lot of research that finds that having access to jobs and a bigger market increases wages. And so that shouldn't be surprising because really like the first economist, Adam Smith, uh, very famously said in his uh, book, The Wealth of Nations in 1776, that the division of labor is limited by the extent of the market. So when we work, we're doing a trade. A job is just uh, a radio producer coming in and exchanging some of his time uh, in return for some of the station's money, and then they get that service, and you you can specialize, and then you take your labor income, and you trade, and you get all these uh, different things. And so what I wanted to think about is, uh, in keeping with Adam Smith's idea that uh, the division of labor is limited by the extent of the market, he went on and, and described that if you're in a very small um, community, um, there's only so many jobs, and you have to actually do several different tasks because there's only so many people. And then if you go to like a village, then the market is bigger, so people can be more spatialized. And then you go to a capital city. If you went to Edinburgh or if you went to London and you have uh, very spatialized jobs where folk, people focus in on one task, and going back to my theme, that we all do better when we all do what we do better. If you are in a larger labor market, instead of trying to uh, uh, be a master of multiple trades, you can focus in like a labor, uh, like a laser, and do what you do best. And so um, uh, there's uh, research uh, that, for example, in France around a 10% increase in the number of jobs that are accessible per worker uh, leads to about 2.4% increase in workers' productivity. Well, that's great. If you have more productivity, your GDP is going to go up. So if you could just get more jobs to be accessible to workers, those workers are going to be more productive. Why? Because they're probably going to be able to sort into jobs that are a better fit for their exact uh, skills and abilities, and they'll be able to specialize in just uh, maybe one thing, and by doing that one task over and over again, they get better mastery. They become better at what they do, and that's going to help us all do better. Um, Also, research finds that if you can increase commuting speed, by about 10%, that's going to increase the labor market by more than 10%, maybe 15 or 18%. And so I'm trying to think about what can we do in Minnesota to try to increase productivity 
because when you have more jobs around you, you can be more specialized, and this helps uh, explain uh, a pattern. We often hear competition in terms of, well, how does Minnesota compare to Wisconsin or to North and South Dakota? But I want to also look besides that at these uh economies of scale and agglomeration, that if you're in a bigger labor market, you can have more specialized tasks. So I picked a somewhat uh, rural place where you have to travel a while to get a job. It's not as densely populated. If you look at Crow Wing uh, County, up kind of in the lakes, medium family income is 51,000 a year. You look at Hennepin County, Median family income is $68,000. That's a gigantic difference. That's that's really quite a difference. If you look uh, up here in um, St. Louis County, median family income is 50000 If you look at Lake of the Woods, it's 45000 But if you look here at the studio in Dakota County, median family income is 77000 So I think there's a lot of evidence um, uh, just looking at the numbers in Minnesota, but also looking at uh, research uh, from Europe and, and, and South Korea that if uh, a city becomes larger, if you can get to more jobs, you become more specialized, you have higher productivity, that means you're going to have a higher wage. Because the more productive you are, the um, higher your weight, the higher your wages, because people are going to compete in the labor market. And unfortunately for me, at my university, some of the best skilled uh, technology experts have left because they're very productive, and they're now producing uh, education and technology somewhere else that offered them a higher wage. So as a worker, you always you always want to be more productive. And so my idea is uh, we have, for example, in the governor's budget, uh, increasing the sales tax by one-eighth of a percent for the seven-county metro area. And then the idea is that that would then go fund uh, transit. I think you can do better than that. Um, I think we should be trying to get rates down and so... Uh, in doing that, I think we should consider congestion pricing. So the most congested place I know of in Minnesota is the Lowry Tunnel. Thinking about life insurance? What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-607-3551. That's 800-607-3551. 800-607-3551 or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials or price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. I'm a trained lawyer. I went to law school and I have found that has actually been a disadvantage. My name is Alan. I am a current student at the OTA office in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, I'm a retired district court judge and when I decided to retire, I'd always had an interest in financial markets. I had done quite a bit of research, read up on OTA a lot. I think I had a pretty good idea of what to expect. The actual class itself was more impressive than I even anticipated. I mean, after I into that half-hour class, I was absolutely 100% sold. It's almost like a light bulb goes off. You start following your rules. You recognize the mistakes you shouldn't uh, make, and you stop making them. I feel like I've actually turned a corner. I'm actually on a great path. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to do this. And I think a lot of people get scared away from the financial markets because they don't think they're smart enough, and nothing could be further from the truth. Call OTA at pound 250 on your cell phone for a free investing workshop or register at Learn with OTA.com. Giving your computer problems the boot. 
Service. Hi, everybody. Randy from RB's Computer Service. Let's talk managed services. Managed services is when you let a company like ours take over the responsibilities of keeping all of your computers and servers protected and running efficiently. We keep your systems patched, keep antivirus protection on all of your systems, provide a way to filter out much of the malware, manage your backups, and most of all, keep you up and running. This is no easy task and takes you time. Time is money. If your server or even an important computer goes down, can you afford this? Let us take care of all this for you, and you can stay focused on being profitable. And don't forget, we also fix your PCs, Macs, cell phones, and tablets, too. Call us today at 763-441-3884. Once again, 763-441-3884. Or find us on the web at rbsmn.com. Giving your computer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.